Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to start off today's message by showing you a picture of a man doing a stunt that looks pretty dangerous. And after I show you this picture, I'm going to ask you a question. All right, so here's the picture. Now, by show of hands, how many of you would be willing to do that for that picture? Don't have any takers. Okay, I've only had a couple people so far bravely volunteer. And I'm right there with you. I am afraid of heights myself and would never do that. You couldn't even make me do that. But now, here's another picture of this cliff from a different perspective. So same cliff, and it might be kind of hard to see in this picture, but if you look on the end of it, there's a person hanging onto it, and she's only about three, maybe four feet off the ground. So uh, this place is actually in Brazil, and it's a popular tourist attraction where people take pictures from that angle to make it look like they're dangling off a cliff. Now, an old adage uh, once said that perspective is not what you're looking at. Perspective is what you see. So in other words, before we make a decision like standing on the edge of a cliff or uh, um, prescribing to a different belief of some sort, it's important to have the full picture, the full perspective as to what's actually going on. And sometimes in our lives, we have reality checks, changes in our perspective. And one of God's people in the Bible had a very particular time where he had a huge perspective change. And that's who I'm going to talk about today. Isaiah is one of God's greatest prophets. And what he shares with us in the Old Testament reading today is an experience that he had, a vision that he had. And it wasn't just any, uh, any old vision. It was a vision of the Lord himself sitting on a throne in a temple room. Isaiah tells us in this vision that the robe that the train of God's robe filled the temple completely, and that above God were angelic beings called seraphim who had six wings. And these seraphim were shouting out praises to God, proclaiming his greatness, his glory, and his holiness. With two of their wings, these seraphim covered their faces because even they were not holy enough to look at God. And as their loud angelic voices rang out singing the chorus of holy, holy, holy to the Lord, the, the foundations of the temple itself shook and trembled as they sang out. This was truly a sight of unimaginable beauty and power that Isaiah saw. Isaiah had a first row seat to God's perfect holiness and power and glory. While words and pictures alone probably can't do this vision any justice, here is an artist's impression of what this may have looked like. You can see the bright colors, the shining light, and the smoke filling the area around Isaiah. Again, something we can barely comprehend. Through this vision, Isaiah gets the opportunity of a lifetime, a chance to see God in his pure and perfect holiness, a chance to see his mighty army of fiery seraphim singing out and shaking the foundations of the temple. While we can only speculate what this would have looked and felt like, we can be sure of one thing. It was overwhelming. Isaiah, standing before the throne, cries out, filled with staggering fear and dread, that he is lost. He says, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. 
from Isaiah's perspective, standing before the Lord in this, in this situation, he was doomed. There was no hope for him. But why would someone cry out like this? Why would someone, after seeing God, be filled with so much fear and dread and distress? Well, it's because Isaiah's perspective had completely changed at this moment. For him, this was a reality check, a look into how things really are. He saw for himself just how far separated he was from God. Isaiah goes on to say, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He was no longer wearing rose-colored glasses. Isaiah saw the perfect holiness of God. But upon seeing this, he also saw his own sin, his own lack of holiness. The word holy at its core means to be separated or to be set apart. If something's holy, then it is separated from sin. Since God is perfectly holy, that means sin is completely and fully absent where he is. Sin simply cannot exist in the full presence of God because he doesn't allow it to. He destroys it. He removes it. He cleanses it. Sin is the opposite of God and his will. This is what terrified Isaiah. He saw that he was a sinful man who lived in a sinful world. He saw in a full perspective that he was a man who was not holy, who could not even measure up to the holiness of God at all. And he saw the sin in his fellow Israelites in the world around him. And so he cries out this hopelessness, this feeling of woe. No matter how he looked at the situation, there was no hope for him. He was doomed because God removes sin. And if he is sinful, he will be removed. Isaiah now had God's perspective on sin. Where there is sin, there can be no holiness, no salvation, no peace. God is life and sin is death. But Isaiah was still missing an important part of what was going on. He was still missing an important perspective. As he stood there confessing that he was worthless, that he was lost, one of the seraphim flew over to him and with a hot burning coal touched his mouth and said to him, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sins atoned for. When this happened, Isaiah's life was changed forever. He now had the full perspective on God's, on God's relationship with him. With the touch of a coal, Isaiah's perspective was in full view. God had revealed that his grace covers all sin. So now Isaiah's perspective was not focused on his own sin and failure, but on the holiness and on the mercy and on the love of God. The fact that his grace does cover this separation and remove it. God uses this enormous power to save and forgive. Forgiveness was impossible from Isaiah's perspective, but from God's perspective, Isaiah was holy, was saved, was called his own. When God declared that Isaiah's sin was covered, he declared him holy, fully and completely holy. Holy as it gets. The separation that was once between Isaiah and God had been removed. Now with this perspective, and now as a man who was forgiven and freed, he was equipped to carry, his call, carry out his calling as God's prophet to the people. His outlook on life would never be the same again 
after this. The world has always struggled with perspective. Depending on who you ask, the same situation, topic, or event, or idea can be portrayed in a variety of different ways. We all like to put our own spin on things, whether we're aware of it or not, which is a result of our life experiences, our bias, our beliefs, and many other things. I once saw a TV show that illustrated and explained and demonstrated this very well. So in the middle of a busy park, there was an actor who was um, standing in the middle of about a few dozen unsuspecting bystanders, and she was holding a purse in her hand and pretending to be distracted by talking on her phone. Another actor who was blending in with the crowd steps up to her, grabs her purse, and runs off with it. She pursues them for a few moments, but then returns to the crowd of onlookers who saw this happen. And then she asks them all to provide a description of what they saw so that she could go and file a police report, or at least as she said. So one person said that the thief was a short man with brown hair. Another person said that the thief was a tall man with blonde hair. Some said that he was wearing a sports jacket. Others said that he was wearing a puffy winter jacket. A few said that he had a knife when he walked up, and a couple even insisted that he had a gun. After going through all this, then the other actor who ran off with the purse comes back, and they reveal that this was a staged event, a social experiment, if you will. And so the people were not only shocked to see that they were missing important details, they had conflicting reports on what actually happened. No one had a good handle on the situation as to what really transpired, which again was explained by personal experience influences our ability to think in our head what a thief would look like or what a certain person would look like. So while this may be an example of a situation that was staged, it does point to a very real and present problem in our world. A person's perspective often does not have the full picture. In fact, it almost never does. And whether it be intentional or unintentional, we're just not able to see things objectively, to see things as they really are. But it doesn't stop there. With our own perspectives, we go on to twist the truth on purpose as well. Media sources or platforms can be a good example of this. In an, in a, an attempt to appear to a variety of different people on the political spectrum, one news source may take a situation and look at it from this angle with this headline, creating a version of the reality, but then another news source will look at that same situation from another perspective with a different headline, creating an even um, different reality from the other one. And this doesn't just happen in news reporting or in um, media. This happens in almost every part of our lives. Science has different perspectives and what's considered a different truth. History has different perspectives on what's going on. Our identities, our morality, our religious views are all parts, are all matters of perspective. Everything is a matter of perspective. So then we must ask the question, which one's the right perspective? Which one is the right truth? Well, our sinful flesh likes to answer that question and say, well, of course, it's mine. Truth starts and ends with me. And that is where the problem lies. We live in a my truth, your truth kind of world. But in a world that only would have my truth and your truth, 
then there really can, there cannot be anything as real truth. That's because our perspective is fundamentally broken and limited. That's because our perspective is influenced by sin and selfishness. We create our own versions of reality with these blinders that we have put on. We put on rose-colored glasses and call evil good, and we call good evil. We make up ideas about God. We tell lies about ourselves and about our neighbors. We bend the rules to get ahead and to make things more convenient. Because if we're making the rules anyway, well then why not? Just like the example with the staged purse stealing, none of us really have the full perspective when it's our sinful flesh. That's because it's separated from God's perspective, from God's truth. When truth becomes something that I get to make up, that I get to decide, it can no longer be distinguished from falsehood. When Jesus came to this world, he gave us a reality check. He came to a world that was stuck in its ways. He came to a people that lied to themselves. He came to a people of a limited perspective. Jesus is the one and only who is able to see things as they really are. The only one who sees the full picture. And he sees you. And he sees me. He sees everything. He sees all the lies, the half-truths, the broken, limited perspectives. He sees all of that. But do you want to know what else the Lord sees? He sees you exactly as how he saw Isaiah. He sees you as the person that he loves so personally, so fully, and so completely that he calls you holy anyway. That's because he lived a holy life and then gave that holy life to you. And if he considers you worth dying for, then you are worth dying for because you are worth everything to the Lord. The Lord's perspective is the only perspective that is eternal and perfect and has the full picture. So if God says something about you, it's absolutely true. If God has forgiven your sins, then they are forgiven. And that is the truth. He has forgiven your sins. If God says that you are holy, then you are holy because he said it and it's true. If God says that you're worth dying for, then you absolutely are because God's truth is the truth. It was the world's perspective that said that Jesus was a failed religious fanatic, a political figure, and someone who was just a loser. It was the world that called Jesus a liar, but that could not be further from the truth. Despite all the false accusations and the false charges against him, he did not hide his love for you, nor did he hide the truth, the truth that we need to be saved and that he is that savior. On the last day when Christ returns, every one of us will stand before God and give an account of our lives. That means everything we ever said or did will be on full display before God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And as it was for Isaiah, we will on that day realize that we did not measure up to God's holiness, his perfection, his will for us because we had a sinful perspective. But because those who believe in him have been called worthy, who are, who are worthy, who have been saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ, we will be called holy on that day. From God's gracious and full perspective, we will be saved and we will be called holy forever. We're called holy right now 
all by his grace, all by his word of truth. So as we wait for that day that Christ returns, we can have a new perspective on ourselves and on this world. Instead of seeing a world that is only determined by my truth or your truth, we can see a world that's seen through the eyes of God, a world worth dying for, a world worth serving. We can have a perspective of hope based on that everlasting love of God. We can have a perspective based in joy, knowing that we've been saved and that we have a new life in him. We have a perspective that can be based on the truth and on the grace and the word of God. A perspective that sees the world based on God's view. A world that's full of his loving grace, his mercy, and his holiness. So even if we can't see everything, we can trust the one that sees all. Amen. Will you please pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for seeing us as holy. We thank you for redeeming us, that even though we have overwhelming sin, you have overwhelmed us with your grace instead. So we ask that we would look at this world with a newfound perspective, one that's based on your truth, on your word, and that we would not let our truth get in the way of the truth, which is found in you alone, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen.